Hi, and welcome to Garris Cast. My name is Chris Abraham. And I'm Dan Kruger. And this is episode one. We're going to be calling it Brand Promotion PR. Uh, today we're talking about influencer marketing, which is the hottest thing under the sun right now. And uh, uh, we wanted to address uh, the different variations of um, influencer marketing and uh, discuss how it has been interpreted by different agencies uh, and different companies um, and discuss some of the more popular variations and, and also go into the variations that we're associated with. My name is Chris Abraham and Dan Kruger is my partner at Garris Corp. We have been um, an online public relations company, online marketing, brand promotion and brand protection company since 2012. Uh, but we had worked previously. When did you start at Abraham Harrison, Dan? I believe it was 2008, 2007 or eight. So yeah, so we've been working together for quite a few years now, over a decade, um, doing influencer marketing, among other things, many other things. But when I found Dan, it was really cool. He was uh, he was doing some really cool stuff. Um, well, he's he does a lot of cool stuff, and in, in fact. Half the stuff that he's expert in, we don't even use enough of. But he was working for he was working for a service agency that worked with Second Life. Would you yep. share a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So I worked for a company called the Electric Sheep Company. My background is actually media communications, and um, I worked in the television industry for a number of years as a producer. And um, it's a feast or famine industry, as are most media industries or media. Um, companies but uh what happened was uh i was looking for work and second life started becoming the sort of hot thing at the time in 2006 2007 uh it was pre-facebook really hitting mainstream twitter was just starting as well and it was so really pre-social media um and a lot of companies were looking to put their businesses into something they didn't want to be like the music industry missing out on mp3s and uh, which MP3s are sort of outdated at this point anyway, but um, a lot of media companies and um, just companies in general were looking for other ways to promote their businesses. And Second Life was coming up. The Electric Sheep Company was sort of the mediator in between the company and Second Life. We had builders and scripters, and uh, I was basically a producer um, like a television producer, but a producer in Second Life. So we were able to put in some pretty big companies like Ben and Jerry's and Pontiac and HBO and Showtime and, and that sort of thing into Second Life uh, by building their brand in that particular virtual environment. Um, it, it, Second Life didn't last too long. It's still around, but just sort of for a, a very niche group. Uh, so it kind of, uh, it, once it fizzled, um, that's how I found Chris. Uh, we had a, a mutual connection and um, the previous company we worked for was looking for someone to be the director of client services, uh, which I came in and was able to help out uh, doing that for a number of years. Um, we also had some, some pretty big clients as well, including uh, Fresh Air Fund and uh, what else, Chris? Alzheimer's. We had uh, Mizuno. No, Mizuno was after that. Yeah, um, we had Kimberly Clark, Snapple, um, um, Snuggle Creme or Snuggle Fabric Softener. Yep. Um, so yeah, so so basically, uh, 
coming into this company, our previous company, we focused heavily on um, influencer outreach. But this was uh, this was before there were social media influencers, so it was more blogger outreach when everyone had a blog, and we would reach out to bloggers on behalf of a particular company and uh, and give them either a gift, the gift of information of exclusive exclusive information, or uh, either or something physical or something virtual that they could use and share with their readers and. Uh, and it was a, a great way to um, to promote their their brands. That's a perfect segue to uh, to why the organic way we developed this system, uh, which still relies heavily on people having a uh, a web based HQ, right, Dan? Um, is we've designed it. I, I came from a company called New Media Strategies. Uh, where we did online uh, brand promotion through message boards and forums. And then I transitioned to Edelman Public Affairs, and there we did, we did PR. We, we, we found people, we engaged them, we activated them, we got them excited about products and services, we got them excited about political aspirations, we got them excited about um, movements. And then when I came over, to start my own company, which started out as Abraham PR uh, back in 2006, I embraced public relations as a, as a way of, of communicating to people online. And I went ahead and I did that awful, awful thing they tell you never to do in uh, public speaking, which is I looked on Wikipedia and found that PR is the practice of deliberately managing the spread of information between an individual and organization and the public. Public relations may include an organization or individual gaining exposure to their audiences using topics of public interest and news items that do not require direct payment. This differentiates it from advertising as a form of marketing communications. And we'll talk about that in a second because that's that's sort of where um, blogger outreach, uh, which has become influencer marketing, has, has, has gone. Public relations is the idea of creating coverage for clients for, quote, free, rather than marketing or advertising. For example, of good public an example of good public relations would be generating an article featuring a client rather than paying for the client to be advertised next to the article. Um, the aim of public relations is to inform the public, prospective uh, customers, investors, partners, employees, and other stakeholders, and ultimately persuade them to maintain a positive or favorable view about the organization, its leadership, products, or political decisions. In marketing, brand promotion refers to any type of marketing communication used to inform or persuade target audiences of the relative merit of a product, service, brand, or issue. The aim of promotion is to increase awareness, create interest, generate sales, or create brand loyalty. Like this basically defines the heart and soul of, of Garris Corp and uh, Abraham Harrison before it, uh, because we really believe that you that you can't use influencer marketing to sell widgets. You really need to have um, targeting right. You really have to find the right people. You have to make the right connections. You have to be attentive. You have to be loving. You have to create an amazing message model. Dan is an actual... Uh, actual gifted genius on that uh, and then you have to be persistent and, and stick with them and be a a co be a, a you know a, um, a brand friend if you will a, 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 
and 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 so you know how have you seen influencer marketing change over the last decade then so like i said before um starting with bloggers uh and and we focus on bloggers quite often uh, we still focus on bloggers but but really um i think influencers you know obviously is is like this hot media marketing term but because people there's so many different that people can be an influencer in whether it's you know instagram snapchat facebook and and twitter um and you know twitter's a huge one as well that you know, being an influencer is you know having an audience to uh to, to talk to and having and being able to influence them to do or become loyal to a particular brand or or try something that that you've tried that you would like them to try as well. So I think um, you know blogs used to be that sort of um, not that you could you would you'd have to be a good writer to have a blog, right? But to be an influencer now, you don't need nice photos. You can be you can be witty in uh, 180 or 260 characters and uh, and and develop a, a following that way. So it's really it's, it's changed quite. A bit where it started as you know, writers or people that would have a blog that would fix on a particular um, topic, you know, it, it, it overlaps a lot more these days, I would say. Well, I guess I meant more along the lines of uh, how has it become more uh, advertising than public relations is what I meant. I mean, we, we, uh, we reach out primarily using, uh, using I mean, we do a lot of stuff where we reach out directly via DMs and and you know via uh, contact info that's in you know some higher influencers uh, YouTube and, and and Instagram sites. But in many ways, we still reach out via the web-based HQ, right? We find their email addresses, we engage them via email, we communicate that way. When we're never really on the phone with them or in or buying them lunch or anything like that. It's a very virtual engagement. Um, and so even though people do have, you know, their uh, YouTube channels and their Instagrams and their um, and their Snapchats and their, their Twitters and so forth and their Facebook pages, um, most of the time they all have HQs where they bring that stuff together, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the, what I what I meant to say is that there was uh, that is uh, that I was, I was yeah no you 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 were one hundred percent right yeah we do engage that seems to be that is the sort of the hub the easy way we can target a large group of uh, and then engage them directly. For example, Dan, Dan, Dan is casually an elite athlete. Just so matter of fact, he uh, scores nationally every year in uh, CrossFit. Um, and so, you know, in the morning before he even starts, before he even has his first cup of coffee, he's done, um, you know, things called ladders and, and kipping and, and things that make other people vomit and want to sleep for the rest of the day. He's, uh, he's done for fun. So... As a result, he, he has a casual, friendly community of people in uh, the elite athletic space. And in, and also, in since he, he helps run a CrossFit uh, box, is what they call a gym, um, he also understands and has casual relationships with people who are 
aspiring elite uh, athletes. Um, and so in things like that and in running and in biking and in, um, in, in, in that sort of space, we have that kind of personal relationship uh, where, you know, we can call people we know and reach out to them that way. Um, same thing with me. If you want to reach an influencer who's an influencer of influencers, I generally know those people, um, meta-influencers, not necessarily influencers on, on a particular vertical. But still, um, it, 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 our, our vision is always to make sure the person falls in love with what we're promoting and then uh, decides that they want to share that with the people that they're working with. Um, which requires um, the, the onus is upon us, right, Dan, to to create an environment that facilitates that movement forward, so that they don't have to. You know, you just said you said um, bloggers have to really write well. Well, our job primarily has been to try to pre-masticate, which is a fancy fancy word for having mom chew the food for you. Um, pre-masticate um, as much content as possible, so it's as close to copy and paste. As I mean, we don't endorse copying and pasting, but sometimes you just need to make it easy so that someone can write their own blog posts in as little as time as possible. It's not ghostwriting. It's sort of like being a, um, a professor's assistant, um, a right-hand person trying to facilitate the movement forward. It's giving um, them the, the information that our client or the business or company that we're working with is trying to get across to the masses um, in a easily digestible and if relevant copy and pasteable format, whether it's images or copy or video, um, you know, we would love if, 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 if we're looking at bloggers or even influencers in, in other verticals, um, take that information and then write their own thoughts or conclusions on that, whatever it is that we're trying to promote. Um, that's ideal, but uh, in the sort of worst case scenario or even best case scenario at some points, um, if they just post what we give them, that's great. You know, and that's, that becomes, uh, it helps search engine optimization. And it's also just getting our client into, um, seen by the eyes uh, and followers of that particular influencer. I'm glad that you mentioned that. That was a beautiful transition too, because um, one of the one of the problems with advertising based influencer marketing is it tends to be ephemeral. If uh, if a client doesn't see immediate sales of widgets upon you know upon the first week associated with the campaign, you know when someone is promoting. Uh, weight loss tonic or or a particularly amazing of uh, amazing copy of uh, a pair of leggings then um, because they're using things like Instagram and they're using things like Instagram stories that disappear in you know 24 hours or Facebook stories that disappear in 24 hours and uh, Twitter and so forth um, there seems to be that first bang. But one thing that we have by focusing on more persistent sharing, such as blog posts and, and uh, magazine posts and um, unboxings and sharings on, on YouTube, which is still the second most important search engine after Google, 
is the secondary effect of, 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 and we also, when we're promoting books and other things, we actually encourage and follow up with people to write reviews on Yelp, uh, write reviews on Amazon and Goodreads. We tag them and, and, and ask them if they, if they've had a good experience to go, uh, review on, uh, Amazon, um, we don't write. We don't write the content. We don't tell them what to say. Uh, we just take that extra step of trying to make sure uh, that um, instead of uh, footprints on the sand that are, are washed over by the tide every night, that uh, in many cases it's more like you know the 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 tracks that we see uh, persistent in stone. Um, you know, a hundred thousand years later, after after the crazy wildebeest walked through. This, like like the you know like um, um, permanent footprints that people can then find later. Like any, if I'm searching for best structured shoes on YouTube, running shoes, I'm hoping I find Mizuno's. Or if I'm looking for the best plant based protein powder, I'm hoping I find TB12, um, Tom Brady's protein uh, when I do a search. And I know that works because when we did the promotion for TB12 plant protein, I get, I get so many visitors to chrisabraham.com where I did a review of the protein. People are looking for information, and because there's not that much information out there um, still, uh, um, you know, people are finding information. Because there's not that much organic information, people are finding the information that we, during our campaign, we're able to get people to use to promote. And I, I know that from a fact because my site's pretty low traffic, chrisabraham.com. And uh, and most of the traffic right now and for the last three months has come from TB12, uh, my review of TB12 plant-based protein. So that secondary effect that Dan mentioned, which is SEO, is hugely important. And sorry to be such a chattermouth, Dan. No, 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 no. You're 100% right. And that's sort of... That's that's where we started. Just basically was um, reaching out to bloggers and getting reviews, getting posting the information that we give them, which um, takes us to how. That's another thing of how we give them that information. A lot of times we'll create a microsite, um, which is we we used to call an SMNR, essentially, where we can direct them to that easily digestible, easily copy pasteable, all the information that the client is trying to get across from the, the who, what, when, where, why of that particular client so that we, we give that influencer the opportunity to, to, to find or, or use any of the information about that brand. So, um, so yeah, and that again helps with search engine optimization because then when you search for something in that genre, whether it's plant-based protein or, or whatever, or, or running shoes, um, the more people that have been writing about that or posting about that, um, it, it becomes more relevant and, and it helps um, SEO. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that we get a lot of people who come to us asking to do this as a way of getting text-based links, but this is really organic opt-in public relations. You know, since we're not throwing $2,500 at someone, there's no contract that they have to write a positive review. Um, some, some people are real pros, and I put pros in quotes because it makes our clients happy, but nobody we work with is, has ever been in any obligation to say anything nice. In fact, 
we've never put them under any obligation to say anything at all. Like when we send them a bag of plant-based protein, it doesn't come with the contract that they need to sign. And in fact, they don't sign any contract before we send them uh, the tester. Uh, there's yeah. no obligation of saying anything nice. There's no obligation. And the pros rather say nothing than, than something bad. But, you know, there's been well, – we just got an email from someone over at TV12 saying, uh, not the best review, but but good earnest stuff, like good good review. And, you know, we like right. clients like that. Yeah, that's the thing is you're um – the client is pretty confident in their particular whatever it is, whether it is the protein or or we had another client that we sent out coconut oil. We had another client that we sent out um, these uh, sort of uh, USB kind of, uh, Chris, you can explain that one a little better, but sort of um, boot systems. And But the client is usually really confident in whatever they are, they're trying to promote that they think that these influencers will write nice stuff about them. And yeah, not everyone... Um, that we send things to is actually going to come through, um, but a large portion of them. That's the that's basically that's the idea is to get get these um, physical items or virtual items into the hands of these influencers so they can write about them and and bring make the brand more popular organically. We call it earned media. We're not paying people to do it, but we're we're giving them the opportunity opportunity to do it. Yeah, there's a new there's a new like GPS sports watch that's like I've seen working hard to try to compete with uh, Sunto and and Garmin. I don't know if you've seen it out in the wilderness. It's like I don't even remember the name of it, but you can see that they're having a hard time. Like DC Rainmaker is a guy who reviews all the tech, and like he's like, uh, you know, kind of buggy right now. I don't know, but even when it is, you know, you. Know, even when, even when an objet like this GPS doesn't have the best review now, people are willing to say things like, you know, it's an upstart, it's a startup, it's trying to compete with two huge brands, um, it's trying to be simpler, it's trying to appeal directly to the ultra running community. Like, even if if you're if you're a really good PR person, you get people to kind of get on your side and root for you, right? So even though people aren't willing to BS the public, um, there, there are a bunch of new ultra runners that are, are promoting. You can tell that they, they're being paid brand ambassadors for this new watch. But everybody around it on, on YouTube are writing, has anybody online too, on Reddit and everywhere, have you heard anything about this? What has DC Rainmaker said? Oh, DC Rainmaker says meh. Like people don't realize that there's a huge amount of secondary conversation. In many ways, the influencers that we get to write about your product through persuasion, encouragement, and darn right spoiling are the are the catalysts to create this chain reaction that results in 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 the you know the super fans, the excited people, the the fanboys, the redditors, the um, the 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 dumb new podcasters like Dan and me to talk about it. Like if you don't get the buzz started, then the buzz ain't going to get started on its own. It does. It's not a world where if you build it, they will come unless you are, you know, a freaking, unless you're a rogue, right? Rogue can do anything. 
you know, you know, of course, you know, Rogue or even Concept Two can be do anything, and everybody's gonna be like, oh my god, Concept Two just made a a bike based on the, you know, based on, based on the rowing machine. You know, people talk about that or or whatever Rogue does. Um, people Rogue care about Rogue. Rogue. Rogue is basically creates uh, apparel and fitness equipment that uh, is super high quality, but a lot of times very high priced as well. So some things uh, that they come out, I saw an ad, I forget what it was for exactly, but it was something that was super overbuilt that Rogue created. I think it was the cross between a GHD and a, and uh, I forget the name of the piece of equipment where you sort of bring your leg up behind you. It was a, it was a dual piece of equipment, but it was so overpriced that really, I mean, Unless your gym is completely just macked out in uh, yeah. in rogue equipment, and you're making a lot of money, I know, saw the row. I saw the, the the review on one one like home gym place. He bought it. And he's like, "What am I going to do with this?" Because basically, all it does, right? It, it basically remember when you you were a wrestler. We were both wrestlers. You know that um, that uh, one really important workout where you kind of hang your you hang your upper body over kind of a um, uh, uh, um, you know, it kind of has this. It's kind of a padded thing that looks like uh, looks like um, uh, pommel horse type thing, like a pommel horse. And you you put you 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 put your body over it, and you do back extensions, right? Yeah. And it kind of works your your hammies, your your glutes, and your lower back. Like it, it was something like that that like was supposed to work your your glutes, your your hamstrings, and your lower back. And it was just this hugely very precision only one thing type of oh, it's called a, uh, a, a hyper reverse machine and a ghd this is basically it's the the rogue donkey and it's a it's like 12, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's almost two thousand dollars so it's it's basically just uh, it's this overbuilt piece but you'll see it at the crossfit games probably but not many other places. oh i see it there it is yeah yeah it's uh it, rogue it's donkey when you yeah. buy it you'll feel like an ass exactly my goodness, dude, that is the most – that's going to – that's gonna, you know, there's going to be cockroaches that survive the apocalypse that work out on that thing. Exactly. Well, I want to make sure that we only take up about half an hour. Um, is there – are there any parting words? Like I know that we what we haven't addressed, and I think we'll make this a part one of part two, what we haven't addressed is where the market is gone and how Madison Avenue – has affected it. I will say one thing because if this is at all controversial, and I don't expect anybody actually listening to an episode one, so we'll probably be able to do this episode again at episode ten or twenty. But um, I do get why influencers want to be paid. I've, I've, I, I see that they believe that we're taking advantage of them by getting quote stuff for free from them. Um, I see that when they argue for payment, they believe. And, and I agree now, I can see it, that what we're paying for is not the review, but for access to them and access to their time. We're paying them, if you will, uh, the equivalent of bringing them in and asking them a bunch of questions. We're not telling them what to say, but we're just taking them off the road when they could be doing something that generates income for them and their family. So I get it, um, but I think we'll go more into that and what we've seen in that space um, more in the next episode, but I'm really happy to get one in the in the can. How do you feel about it? Are you excited to be part of a Garris cast, or do you think Uh-oh. this is a really bad idea that we're not going to follow through on? 
No, it's good. It's good. And, uh, and I'm glad we did it today. So hey, thank where, you. Where can, where can you find uh, more information about Garris Corp, Dan? Uh, that would be garriscorp.com or Garris. No, you don't have to do that, but G E R R dot I S. Um, we, we have a page on, on, on Facebook and on Twitter, but um, I'm going to make Dan promise me and I'm going to promise Dan that we're going to be better at, uh, at using those platforms as opposed to just accidentally sharing my workouts and other dumb things like that. So I, I think what would also be a good idea is for Chris to, to uh, do a short blog post about this particular episode as well, or every episode. That way we can have, we can, uh, we can reach everyone, the readers and the listeners. That's exactly what I'm going to do. It's going to be uploaded to gerr.is slash blog. G-E-R-R-I-S slash, no, no. You know what? You know what? I created a separate page for this. This is There's a podcast and blog page. Yeah, garriscorp.com slash podcast. That's where it'll be, and I'll include notes. And I will, um, I'm excited to see this first one. I'm going to go edit it and upload it. And um, you have a great day. Uh, Dan is is working a camp this summer. Um, He and his family... Uh, are at this destination camp helping the young bucks and the young ladies to become amazing athletes, and um, his 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 daughter and son attend as well. And it's a a little bit of a Shangri La when it's not when it's not uh, mm-hmm. by a lake when it's not raining. <laughs> exactly. And he's suffering right now from a hole in the a hole in his roof. So I'll I'll let him go deal with that. I, I dare say I think he told a bunch of workers to be quiet for this episode. So on that note, thank you for coming to episode one of Garris Cast. We're happy to have you here. Let us know what you think in the comments. Let us know uh, how the sound sounds, and uh, we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be doing this every Wednesday for the rest of our entire lives until we're grayer and older. Amen. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, have a Kevin. great day. I'll talk to you later and goodbye.